Welcome to another episode of Artist to Artist presented by Artist Republic. This week, we are talking to Ryan Shepard, a producer and DJ out of Toronto, Canada. Ryan is a powerhouse in the EDM scene, working with big name artists like Loud Luxury and releasing tracks with Armin Van Buur's label, Armada. Ryan has also secured an international presence by playing shows and festivals all over the world. Some of the most memorable, however, have been on home soil where he has played the main stage at two of Canada's largest electronic dance festivals, Dream Music Festival and Escapade Music Festival. Ryan has over 70 million streams worldwide and is continuing his pursuit of music each day and every day. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends. Also, don't forget, if you liked last week's episode, you would have gotten a special prize from Christian. So stay to the end of this episode to find out what special prize you may get from the man, the myth, the legend himself. With that, let's bring him on. All right. Well, Ryan, let's, let's kind of start this off. I'm, I'm curious to know, you know, just kind of a brief synopsis of your story, you know, kind of walk us through your music career and how you got to where you're at today. It's, it's pretty interesting, actually. Um, I started when I was in the eighth grade, I started playing drums. So I, my dad kind of looked at me and he was like, is this going to be a fad of yours? Like, is this something that you really want to do? Like, what do you like? Am I, I'm going to spend all this money on a drum set. Like you better actually play it kind of thing. So I ended up getting this drum set and I became just addicted, man. I put on headphones and just try to try to play. I took lessons and then eventually I just got good at it. And I was in a, uh, like a hardcore screamo band for a little while. Um, and I was just playing drums there, like loved that. And then I went uh, one time to, uh, to visit my cousin um, in Toronto. And, and at that time, like the EDM scene has, was like right about on the cusp of like going crazy. So, you know, when Skrillex drops, Scary Monsters, Nice Sprite DP, like, like those days. Um, and I remember I was in his condo and he was showing me on this little like Beztex Typhoon, looked like a Fisher Price DJ controller. And he was just like playing this music, syncing it back and forth, back and forth, track to track. And it was just music that I had never heard before. And I was like, what am I listening to? I was like, this is incredible. Like I was always like more of a sports guy. So like I'd always, I played hockey, I played soccer, I played basketball, you name it. I wasn't really ever into the music scene. But then, so to me, like to hear that kind of stuff and hear this new genre of music that was kind of, you know, just flour- just beginning to flourish, I became immediately addicted. And also like I was messing around on it too and I loved it. So I ended up going and getting my own version of, I got the same thing. I locked myself in a, in a bedroom for, I don't know, an entire summer, I think, just trying to figure out how to mix one track into another one and beat match it and do all this stuff. And eventually I just started, I got invited to play this kegger party at this like small house party in Georgetown, Ontario, which is like this little, you know, tiny town just outside of Toronto. And, um, you know, I, I, I love playing in front of people and I just started, you know, I just started to keep, like kept, kept up with it. Ended up going down to um, uh, the university town that I was uh, that I went to. Um, I started playing shows locally there too. And uh, the funniest part was is the vice president of our student council at the school was the biggest EDM guy, and so he started booking all these heavyweights coming in. Like I'm talking like OG Adventure Club when they like no one knew who they were. Like we're talking like I, I can't even go down the list. Like Toro Toro and like crazy just just artists that you just weren't expecting to see. Zed Zed that kind of shit, and basically he asked he goes who who in Sudbury Ontario which is northern Ontario 
could play EDM. And I was the only one that was doing it in the entire town. And so they like brought me out of the basement to play in front of like a thousand people, like right off the hop. And I remember just being so scared. And I remember just getting up on stage. And then after that, I just, I, I had a good set. I loved every second of it. And I was hooked after that. And then, you know, production came after that production came, you know, I think just a short period after. And I just kind of once, once the, cause I realized that DJing, you know, you end up plateauing unless you start making music. So I started, I, I, I sat in on sessions with, you know, guys who were doing like scoring movies and like scoring commercials and shit. And I just sit and watch the work. And then, you know, I started on logic, moved over to Ableton and then, you know, just kept growing and growing and just learning from my peers. That was, that was the biggest thing. It's like obviously watching tutorial videos and doing that kind of stuff, but sitting in studios and just watching guys who are really, really talented just got me to where I'm, I, I, like I am today. And honestly, it's just, things have just been crazy. And then, you know, after the production thing happened, the whole thing with Tiesto went down, which was insane. Uh, him finding, you know, the track that I made with Loud Luxury called Fill Me In. And then next thing I know, he's playing it at midnight on, on the three New Year's parties that he plays every year. Um, so yeah, man, it's crazy. And then after that, things just kind of blew up and, and, you know, I had that track on After Hours and I released a couple independent tracks and then uh, Armin's team over at Armada got a hold of me and um, been with them ever since. I put up four, four records and then I got a, uh, actually five with them and then another one coming out in two weeks. So that's basically like the, the condensed version of kind of where things, have, how things have gotten to where that's, they're at. Yeah, that's yeah. incredible. That's, that's a really cool story. Um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. Uh, you mentioned a couple things that I want to touch on, but one of the first yeah. ones is... Uh, you know, like especially within the EDM community, you find that there are a lot of guys who their ball really starts to get rolling when another DJ plays their song, right? Like, yeah. you know, for you, you know, it was Tiesto. For Econova, it was uh, Porter Robinson, you know, like it's yeah. it just, it, it's interesting how it takes, all it takes is one person with a little bit more clout than you to play your song yeah. and yeah. you're going. Um, yeah. I guess kind of talk to us a little bit about like, I guess even how you found out about Tiesto playing your song, like that, that must've been kind of a trip. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. I remember cause I went, um, well, when Tiesto got a hold of the record, it was basically like I was in LA, I made the track. I snuck into the Lowe's hotel in Los Angeles in, in Hollywood. And cause I w wasn't actually staying there. And I, I snuck into the hotel, I snuck into the pool, I sat by the pool making the track and I just kind of started, I, I had the fill me in sample and I was like, I really want to mess around with this. So I was, I literally, it's, it's, it's bad, but I, I worked the entire day and I, and I ate and I had drinks and everything by the pool and I put it under a random room number at the pool. So I had a free day of booze and food and I put it under a random room number and they charged the room number. They didn't even like ask me for anything. And so, and so anyways, that's how the track was like, because I was having a day. I had the most fun. Once I found out I could do that, we just like me, it was like me and a homie of mine. And we were just like, we had a splitter and we were messing around with this track. And I was like, oh, I, I really like this. And I was staying with the Loud Luxury guys. And I came home from the hotel and I was like, guys, I, I, I started this record today. I, I love it. They immediately fell in love with it. And then after that, um, basically they played a show with Tiesto in Toronto and they showed it to him. And they're like, and he's like, I love this. I need this track immediately. So he got, I got an email and it's like Tice on the email and he's like so excited about it. And like, he's like, listen, like I need this record signed. I like, we need this to come out by the end of the year. And it was like September, like, holy shit. Okay. I guess we got to get to figure this out. So 
we had to get Craig Davis' team to pass on it. And at first, they were like really like hesitant. They didn't want to do it, but Jesso like just was, he's Jesso, so he's like, what's happening? So sorry. So we did all these things. Finally cleared the sample. Did all these great. Had it come out, and it was a new. I was it was a New Year's party, and I went out to a cottage, uh, a friend of mine's cottage. And I was at the cottage and, and the next, and you know, you party on New Year's. And so I woke up in the morning all hungover and I was taking this long car ride back and I checked my phone for the first time in like hours. And on my Instagram, there was probably like, I don't know, like two to 400 tags of just like at Ryan Shepard, at Ryan Shepard, at Ryan Shepard from like random places. Like one was in Colorado. The other one was in like wherever he played hours before that. So like in another country. So I was just all this random stuff. It's like at Ryan Shepard. And then I checked and Tiesto had on, on like as the, on during the countdown, he was playing film me in and he tagged us and loud luxury, myself and loud luxury in the post. So that to me was like, and then after that, all like those Tiesto diehard fans, like all started following me. Like he started, like obviously he started following me, all this stuff. It was just crazy. Cause he's literally like with the crowd, he's like filming himself, like counting down and then filming and playing in the background, which is like, insane if you think of it that way so that to me is like how it went down and it was just like surreal like I was sitting in this car ride and I was like my hands were like shaking watching it I was like this is unbelievable like this guy that I've looked up to my entire career is like playing my shit out tagging me in it and like getting as excited as I am about the record so that's yeah, pretty cool yeah yeah that's absolutely insane that's that's sweet <laughs> I mean, Christian, I know you have another thing to go off of, but no, go like, ahead. one thing I was thinking about is, so like, I've been, I don't know why, but like this past year, like obviously huge EM guy, but this past year been in love with NF and all his, all his recent music. And it reminded me of that because the other day I'm scrolling through Instagram and NF posts and like, Hey, I'm, I just released a new song. Sorry. I didn't tell you guys, but this random fan posted one of the songs that I was half done with and like did a really good job of it. So I decided to finish it and he took the song with the girl's voice as the chorus, some random, random fan. She had like 200 followers on Instagram. She doesn't even have a Spotify, nothing. Took it, finished it, finished the song, put it out. She in a week is at 20,000 followers. <laughs> and you're just like, you're just like, wait, hold on. <laughs> like he did one yeah. post tagged her and released a massive song with her this girl just started a music career. Like, Absurd how that works, over. eh? Yeah, game over. Um, it's like, is, I think that, that something like that happened with Deadmau5. Um, you know that song, um, is it The Velt or The, the uh, what's it called? It's like, it's the one with that, with that male voice. It's like one of those famous tracks that he has. He was on his like classic, you no know, one used to go and do his live streams where he's like sitting there and just talk shit about everybody. They yeah. like he was doing one of those and like somebody's like, everybody in the comments was like, you need to hear this vocal over that track, over that instrumental track that you did. And he goes, everyone keeps telling me about this track. Okay, fine, I'll listen to it. And he listened to it on it and he was, and he literally like stopped everything. And he like called his like girlfriend at the time in and he goes, you have to hear this, you have to hear this. And he literally, he literally is like, I'm going to DM you right after this. Give me your info. And then that's how the song was made. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's, it's crazy. And like, back to back to like the, the podcast side of it, like not not suggesting anybody out there that you have to get that to get a big break. But at no. the end of the day, I mean, I think that is life. It goes back to, I mean, one of the biggest things that I learned in, you know, business and stuff like that is really all you need is that one connection and that one person and just make that one connection, which then really goes back to even stuff that we've talked about in the prior podcast of 
be nice to everyone, connect with everyone, be a homie with everyone, provide value. So they don't just like, like don't come into the conversation of like, if I'm a you know, nobody artist and like, I find you and I'm like, yo, please, 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 bro. Like check out my song, check out my song. Like, no, come in, provide value, have a conversation. Um, because yeah, you have no idea who this person could introduce you to um, or, you know, where this person could lead. Like you have no idea if you're the next Tiesto in the next 10 years. And, you know, there's, there's no idea where people are going to go. Um, and you know what people are going to do. And I think, you know, that's a great story. I think the NF story, I think, you know, the stories that we've had and stuff like that really shows that like, it is about who, you know, and when, you know, um, and it is about your network and, you know, being able to utilize that to really help grow your sound. Um, because those are the people that are really going to help you take it there. Um, but Christian, sorry, for, sorry for deviating off of your point. Uh, that's a good point. No, that's no, a great man. point, man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And like, you know, Ryan, you're, you're new to the podcast, but you know, I, he apologizes to me all the time about this stuff. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, dude, it's just a conversation. I'm sorry. I just, like, pop in. I just like pop in, drop some knowledge and then just like go back to my cave. <laughs> anybody, anybody listening to this, man, like that's valuable shit. Like I've been saying this for years too. It's just like you're saying, always keep making these connections. Always keep being nice to people. Always first impressions are everything, man. If you, if oh, yeah. you go into a room and, and you're, you're a piece of shit or something happens or just, and it could be just on a night that you don't, you don't really care about whatever. Just like you always got to keep, cause you never know who's going to be there and what's going to happen. So always, like you said, don't be a piece of shit. Be a good, be a good person. Be nice yeah. to everybody. And, and just keep making those connections. Cause just like you said, all it takes is one thing. One time, one thing, one scenario that you're in for things to just absolutely go and catapult you into success. So 100%, that's a great point. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%, I agree with that. Um, Yeah. I mean, like, I met Christian off of a fucking sales call two years ago. It was a cold sales call. And then, like, little did I know that this kid, I mean, you can flip it both ways. Little did I know that this kid was going to be the geniusness behind all of my content. And then for him, you know, that this kid that just like cold called him was, you know, going to in three years start, you know, a company that is like growing and, you know, has this opportunity. Like he was saying the other night, he's like, if you told me three years ago, like, this is where I would be, like, I would laugh in your face. Um, yeah. And like, but like, that's the thing, like, it, like we joke about it. We're like, we literally, like, I literally found Christian on Instagram, cold called him to sell him on a marketing project I was working on. And it was the worst cold call of my life. And he just said, fuck it. Sure. Why not? Um, and like, if he never said that. If he never like said that connection and just like made that, made that opportunity, like it's like, okay, where would we be nowadays? Um, and so, yeah, it's always, it's always interesting on that. Um, but not to be a dead horse, um, Christian, unless you have another question, I do have another question. No, man, go for it. I can save cool. mine. Cool. Save it. Pocket it, lock it, and drop save it. Um, <laughs> You mentioned something, Ryan, way uh, in the beginning. You said, you know, you made that, you started to make that transition from being a live DJ to a production DJ. Um, talk a little bit about that because I feel like that may be some of the hardest transitions that people have to do. I mean, I know when I started out and I was DJing in high school, I was great on live shows, but when it came to production, yeah, that's why I quit and went into the music business. Um, <laughs> so, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit about that and how artists can, you know, kind of take some advice from you on, you know, how to make that transition. Um, so, you know, they can become a, a multidimensional DJ. Yeah, man. I think like, 
just like I said, I could feel myself kind of plateauing a bit where like I could, you know, get a certain gig, but then all these other younger DJs were coming up and taking, you know, these opening slots or other slots because they were producing music and impressing the artists that were, they were opening for. So I was watching kind of my opportunities slowly start to decrease. Um, but I knew the whole time I had to get into it and I was dreading it. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was scared. I was like, I was like, all these people are so far ahead of me. What the fuck am I going to do? And I remember sitting and for me, it's like, there's a lot of things you can do nowadays. It's great because you have YouTube, which has any little thing that you want to learn about production. There's a video on it. And some guys explain or some guy or female is explaining it to you about like what you could, can and can't do. Um, so, or how to do it. And so that's great. So, and there's also, um, there's definitely tons of different Academy courses you can take. They're like 50 bucks. They even give you like, some of them even include Ableton or the program and you get to walk through it. They have all the samples, the packs, everything. And they let you just intro to, and then from there they have course after course after course. So there's tons of resources out there for people to use. I, I did, I used like the Sonic, I used the Sonic Academy stuff when I was first starting out. And, and it was great, man. It explains everything, you know, very, very simply put to you of, of what you should and shouldn't do and how you, sh how you can do it. The big thing is just like, you know, kind of honing your musical like knowledge on, on stuff that like, you still need to learn how to, you know, you still need to be, you still need to be creative. And I think like a lot of that came with me DJing and I know it helped that I was a drummer for years. And I also helped write music, all the music that we were making, like, like vocals and stuff I was writing. So I knew I had the talent there. It just was taking that step because I, I wasn't, I'm not a big, you know, software guy. I don't know how to work a lot of these things. I'm not big into that. I was never a big computer guy. I was never nothing like that, but I knew that, I had a lot of sounds in my head that I need to get out and this was the way to do it. Um, but going back to what I said before, I, for me, it's the connection aspect. I, I remember just asking guys that those younger DJs that are taking my spot. I sucked up my pride and I was like, yo, can I come sit in on a session? Can I come watch you? Can we maybe work on a track together? And I'll help write stuff while you, you know, teach me what you're doing. And I think music has to be a collaborative process always always like even still to this day like I had I was I was with Dylan from ZZ in the studio last week and he's now become a homie and like he came in like I'm showing him stuff uh, on the lighter side he's showing me some of these other projects and like it's just cool because we're passing ideas consistently back and forth you know Bobby loves the studio with me I got whatever it is I'm always inviting people there because if you sit there by yourself in your studio for hours not on end and 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 you and you think I mean sure I'm there's some whiz kids out there that are going to just that, that that's how they're going to become successful but I think music always has to be a collaborative process always has to be and you will always learn shit like for me I think even last year there was one thing I was doing I can't remember what it was but I was doing something and one guy was just in the studio with me and he's like he's like what about he's like you know that if you just do this this and this it's like that saves you it saved me like five minutes every time that I was doing it that it did in like five seconds so find like sound engineers find people who know what they're doing they've been doing this forever because you can't just like make up time you know what I mean so so you got to like find these people that can shortcut you a little bit especially if you're making that transition and you want to make this transition fast and yeah. just put in the time put in the hours sit there watch is as annoying and maybe how, as monotone as some of these videos are sit there and battle through them because you're going to yeah. learn so much and and yeah man for me it's just like learning from other people and like and on your own time just trying to and, and don't be afraid to like make a song that sounds like shit like don't be afraid to try shit don't like it's gonna happen my first few songs i was like i i i opened up a file recently on an old hard drive and it's all like the og shit that I first made i was like this is terrible but at least yeah. I went for it. I went for it. And, 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 you know, I wasn't, 
scared. I thought it sounded great at the time. Now listening to it, I'm like, holy shit, it's bad. Yeah. But, but you know, man, it's, it's, you got, you're going to have to fail before you, before you figure something oh, yeah. out. But yeah, for me, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I, that, those are the kind of the main ideas that I give to anybody who wants to make that transition. Cause it's not easy, but at the same time, it's like, if you're willing to put in the work, you can do it hundred mm-hmm. percent. And yeah. also, also going off of that, like, how do you feel about this idea? Cause this has come up before in podcasts. So I kind of want to pick your mind on it. This idea yeah. that like, you know, don't overthink your songs, like produce it perfect it but like don't sit on it for too long because you'll keep perfecting it and never put it out like you gotta just get to the point like after like two weeks you'll be like okay i'm putting it out um you know how how do you go about that process see i i used to be bad for that i used to shelf records all the time just Mm -hmm. like i i i or i'd get get distracted and i'd be in the studio making something that day and to be completely different I just forget about that other record. And then like a year later, I'm opening files. I'm like, oh yeah, I made that shit. I need to work on that. But it's like, focus on one thing. Like, even, and then if you don't like it, throw it out. Don't like, for me, it's like, I was more sitting with uh, this famous Canadian uh, vocalist named Fido Blanco. He's, in the, he's a Latin guy. He's famous for this. But he, he a lot of guys when they're, when they're doing vocal takes, will keep everything. If he didn't like one piece of any of it, gone immediately deleted and i was like holy shit doesn't he want to keep that just in case and he's like no because i'll do a better one the next one or whatever so what i'm saying what i mean by that is don't dwell on it sit focus get it done and and then and because because that's before i was shelving stuff like i said now when i'm working on a record i'm not stopping on that record until it's done because i know that if i have the idea there and i and and i like the idea i'm not going to move on to something else until i finish it or unless i have to but it's like for now, it's like like even right now, I'm working on a record with Georgie K, the same girl from In My Mind, that famous Axwell record that he did, yeah. I think it's whatever. So I'm working on a record with Georgie with with Georgie K, and she sent me this vocal, and oh my god, it's anthem worthy. And the first day I got it, I was like working on stuff, and I was like so in my head about it. I was like, I need to make this the next anthem, and it has to be this next whatever. And like, I kept throwing away stuff, and I was like, this idea isn't good enough, good enough, good enough. And I was so hard on myself about it. But after a while, I was like, you know what? Let's just make this, like, let's just calm down here. I took a little laugh, <laughs> came back, and I was like, okay, let's relax. Let's, let's go back to the original idea that you had on this. It's, it's gonna work. And I just started flirting with ideas, and now it's like, it's, it's there. So, you know, I don't know if that answers your question or not, but it's like, I'm, I'm a mess when it comes to this stuff, you know, like I'm like, I'm kind of, my head goes everywhere, but I'm just trying to think like, I for sure now I'm, am am big on when you start a record, finish it. I a hundred percent agree with that, which is like, get, try to try your best to get it done or, or bring people in that can give you suggestions. Yeah. Cause like I said before, that's a huge thing. If you get stuck on something, something, somebody can come in for one second and then be like, Hey, what about, what if you added this? And it could just be yeah. the next huge thing for the record. So. Yeah, because you get like too close to it, you can't think around it. And so, exactly, exactly. Two, two things on that. One, when the hell is that song dropped? Because I love her voice. Um, I think yeah. it is absolutely yeah. amazing on every song. So when does that? When does that song drop? So I, it's looking right now. So I mean, we just finished the first pass of the demo, and okay. her team loved it. So now I'm just I got all the feedback from her her team as well as um, from my team at Armada. Cool. So that demo is, so it's still a work in progress, but it's, realistically, it's going to be probably February. If, yeah. if, because right now everything's kind of separated a bit, but um, the head of A&R for Armada calls it, what, is the, what did she say? It's one of the most, she said it's one of the coolest and sexiest tunes she's heard in a very long time. So I'm excited for you guys to hear it. Cause it's like, 
yeah. it's going to be special. It's going to be special. And it's, 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 I don't know. I'm just super proud of it and where in the direction it's going. Hell yeah. Yeah. No, that, that sounds, that sounds amazing. And then the second thing I'm going to say, um, this is just weighing in on the music industry and trends. Um, yeah. I am really loving this current trend that is going on where EDM artists are taking the vocalists of punk and rock artists and putting them over super vibey songs. Yeah. Weigh in on this. What do you think about this? Do you think that's going to be a trend? We're going to continue seeing what, like, what do you get? Give me your lowdown on this. I do. I hope so. I hope this is a trend <laughs> because I, I'm, I'm, I come from a rock background, like I said, yeah. And I, I love this shit. So like, yeah. I, 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 I know what you're saying and I love it. I hope it just continues on. I hope yeah. it continues on. I, and I hope that I can bring some people on as well. Like that's like the best yeah. part about, you know, working with, with, with Georgie and working with these people is like, man, I was obsessed with that record. It's an, it's an EDM anthem that if oh, yeah. you put on the first few chords, everyone in a room that knows something about dance music will be like, yeah, oh my God, this song, as if you're playing this again, as if you're playing oh, yeah. it. Was so, like, and, like, it's such an anthem. So that's why like, when my team was like, hey, we have this Georgie K um, vocal. And I was like, pardon me? I, and they're like, they're like yeah. She, and then she sent it over to me and I was with my parents at the time and I was playing on my phone, just like the, the sample of the acapella. And like, they're like my, mom was, my mom was just like, what is this? Beautiful, like, cause her voice is stunning. So yeah. for me, I, I was like giddy. I was like, I couldn't wait to get in the studio and start working on it. And I'm just like, so excited just to have someone of that caliber. So I know like, hopefully, it continues yeah. upwards. We just get more and more cool, incredible vocalists on it. Cause I always I mean, find that that's a, that was a, that's a difficult part about yeah. music is, is, you know, trusting the vocalist, trusting, you know, what they're going to do with it. And just like having, like I've, I've found in the past, like that's been kind of difficult is like finding that something that really gels together versus, yeah. you know, having the person actually in the studio versus them, like sending instrumentals out. I always find that I struggle to get what I want out of it unless they're in the studio with me. Versus, yeah. you know, getting sent an acapella and then I can shape the track around their emotion in the, in the, in the vocal. I always find it's a lot easier. I like that. I like that. But that's, yeah. that's it for me. Christian, you, you can take it away. I, I really. <laughs> yeah, well, no, while we're on, yeah, while we're on the topic of, uh, you know, music coming out, things like that, I figured we'd give you a little bit of promo. Uh, you mentioned it in the in the forum, but uh, talk to us yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Hello Sunday, that's coming out November 13th. Yes, sir. It is. Uh, so this record for me is something that I think I needed personally. And I think what my listeners were kind of in a way, I think the world needs a little bit more positivity right now. I think everything's a little bit, kind of squirrely and, and people are, are, you know, going through emotions that I think they may have never felt before. And they're like kind of feeling a little trapped and a little whatever. But I think like I made a track because during quarantine, I was making dark, like hard like, records. And I was talking to Armada and they're like, we can't right now put out club records because, well, like we can, but like we're not looking mainly for club records because there's no clubs. So you can't, you know, go and promote it and people aren't going to be on dance floors filming you tagging you and stuff so i went back and i was like i need something that's going to make me happy and i'm going to go back to my roots of like old school piano house like like really like fun great chords that kind of shit so i got sent this vocal from this uh, amazing vocalist named caitlin scarlett from the uk she's been on a few rudimental records she's been on um uh, a few big names I've, I've worked with her and she sent me this this vocal 
and it got to like the she kind of like rapped on the beginning of it and then she got to this stunning you know vocal section and i was like i need to make a track out of this and when quarantine started i think a lot of djs were figuring out how am i going to do live streams what's my theme going to be how am i going to reach my fans still and for me i had this song hello sunday already and in toronto a big thing that was starting to develop was these big sunday parties so middle of the day day drunk get your hands in the air like like just dancey like like disco and house and old school house and really cool stuff that people were just like it became like these parties that people were dying to attend every sunday and so i needed i felt that i needed to like like show those emotions and those that dancey vibe that we've had on those sundays and bring them to my live stream so i started hello sunday this live stream that gave back to local toronto bars and restaurants that were really struggling at the time to stay open all the same ones that have helped support me my whole career so i'd go I'd do the live stream in the bar while it was empty and I would put up a donation link and people would donate to that said bar or restaurant to help them support them and their staff during that time. So we started that on like a charity aspect and then it moved into more national charity. So we did princess uh, market hospital was a cancer care center that helped um, a buddy of mine that passed away last year. So we donated like two grand in his name. We did some uh, black lives matter stuff. We did some, you know, just some incredible different uh, foundations across Canada um as well as on a global scale too and we just end up raising you know upwards of 30k um in in just donations for to help local business we actually kept a local business alive because of the stream like they helped them out pay their rent for that month which is which is incredible that everyone kind of banded together it's like a little it's like a little tiny dive bar in toronto that was really really struggling because you know like a very cool area very cool area that's very expensive and they're battling through and, and we were able to help them at least Stay alive for another month and now they're, they're they're thriving again which is great so um i mean that was a really cool thing that we were able to do and i wanted that positivity to come through the record as well because you know we're bringing this positivity everyone getting together on sunday you know dancing around do whatever you need to do just kind of keep yourself keep, a, keep the positivity up and keep a smile on your face so that's what this record brings and to be honest it's it's something that i think so many different demographics are going to love this record. I think it, it, it could like versus uh, some of the darker kind of heavier shit that I put out in the past. This stuff is more like on a global scale. Like anybody can listen to this and kind of dance around their said space of wherever they are right now. So that's why I'm really proud of it. I think it's going to do really, really well. And I'm just so excited for the world to hear it because I played a few times in my live streams and so many people have come in the comments, like what the hell is this song? I need it. I need it. I need it. So um, I'm really excited for it to come out finally. It's awesome. Awesome. I'm, I'm excited to hear it. That's for sure. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. So I think we're starting to get down to our uh, 30 minute mark here. Um, Nick, do you have any questions before I hit them with the final? No, that's, that's it. All right. So awesome. this one's pretty open-ended. Um, I like to ask it to everyone right at the end of the podcast. Um, but mm -hmm. what is one piece of advice that you would give to an artist who's either just starting out or coming up? Patience. Patience is the most important thing I could tell any artist. I've been doing this for nine, 10 years now. And the, also the idea of not giving up because like people get discouraged really easily and people, you know, people, I think we live in this age now where everything has to be right now, this second, I need this, this minute, I need to be famous right now. I need a hit song tomorrow, you know, like technically, like that's not going to realistically, it could happen. Sure. Like, like you said, anything can happen. But it's like, 
you cannot go into it with that mentality that it's going to happen tomorrow or today. Um, I think being patient, going to those, going to as many events as you can, shaking the hands of anybody that you can, you know, just, just growing your network, meeting the right people, being at all the right places at the right time, as much as you possibly can. is So, so important. And just know that like these, everything's going to take time. It's not, the music industry is not something that is an overnight thing. Like it's, you need to be grinding, you need to pursue it, you need to fail a bunch of times, you need to have, be disappointed a bunch of times, it's going to happen. So I think that that's something that you need to just, you know, battle through and understand that there are lights at the end of the tunnel and, and you just have to keep, and, and, and always celebrate your wins because you're going to get a few of them and just make sure that you're enjoying them and you just take that positivity into your next project or whatever you're doing. But yeah, patience, I think is the number one thing that I could advise anybody. Like I said, I've been doing this for a very long time. And of course, like I'd, I'd love to be more and more and sooner. I wish like everybody would love to, I'm sure, you know, be further along a lot faster, but it just, it is what it is. Battle through it and good things will happen. Amazing. Great advice. Um, well, I think we're right at about our 30 minute point with this podcast. Awesome. Um, that actually went by way quicker than I expected it to. It was a great conversation. Um, but I'm going to pass it off to Nick to wrap us out. And then, uh, yeah, we'll be done here. Wrap us out or wrap us up? Because like, I can like wrap it out if you want. Yeah, wrap it out, man. Do it and wrap us out with a wrap. Yo, yo, my name is Nick. No. Uh, so, so, all right. With that being said, Ryan, thank you so much for hopping on the show. Um, don't forget. If you are listening to this, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Please give us a five-star rating on everything. Share it with your friends. Share it with your dog, walkers, mothers, nephews, best friend, whoever loves music. Share it around. Great content, great lessons, everything you need to know. And don't forget, if you do give it a five-star rating, this week, Christian will personally DM you a picture of his face, a really high-res picture of his face personal in your dms if you give us a five-star rating on apple podcast so if you want a really high-res picture of christian's face so high-res you can see every little pore in his face give us a five-star rating we'll get that over to you so with that being said that is it for this week thank you ryan again and we will see you next week
on yourself. <laughs>